This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. Just a reminder that you can get involved on voting in the daily poll whenever you feel like it. Even if you're catching this segment on the podcast two weeks later, you can get involved in the daily poll by sending feedback to the show. So the poll question today is all about pedestrian pet peeves. I'm asking you, what's your biggest pedestrian pet peeve? Is it sidewalk clutter, large groups of people, bike paths? or other, you're always welcome to go off the board. And don't forget if Ad Accessible Media on Twitter is not your thing, if Ad Accessible Media Inc. is not your thing on Facebook, you can also chime in via feedback at ami.ca. That's the email address, feedback at ami.ca, or pick up the phone, 1-866-509-4545, 1-866-509-4545. Megan Gilmore, before you jump into the topic du jour for our conversation about pop music, you had a little pedestrian uh, pet peeve of your own yesterday. Yeah, well, I, yeah, well, actually, it was Monday night, and for those of you who are watching on TV, you might notice that I'm not wearing my glasses. No, I did not have a run-in with some mystical healer or anything. I had a run-in with a pole on the sidewalk corner one of those bright yellow ones i think it like holds up an electrical wire or something i don't know so there's there's that straight uh vertical pole and then there's like another one that comes up diagonally like a triangle yep and yep. it's thinner that one yeah that's the one that i walked into and i guess i was walking quickly because i had an appointment at a gym actually oh, wow. um and i fell and my glasses fell and they broke. Like like the, the lens popped out of my left eye and it's oh, chipped. Man. It is oh, broken man. off. Oh. Uh, yes. Megan, I'm sorry. There are very few feelings as frustrating as uh, broken glasses. Are you okay though? Are you doing okay after yeah, the fall? Yeah, I'm fine. There's no changes to my vision. I can actually like operate fairly well-ish without my glasses, but it's just like realizing like, oh, like when I was a kid, I hated these things and now they're gone and this is a weird <laughs> adjustment. Yeah, it's an aesthetic thing. It's one of the reasons why I always yeah. wear my uh, tinted glasses when I'm out doing public things because for whatever reason, it makes me self-conscious when I don't have my glasses on. Yeah. So, uh, and Megan... Like, how will people know that I can't see them? <laughs> All right, Megan, let's go from side Walk clutter and obstructions and our own uh, falls and running out of hit points as we get older to the topic at hand, which is Billboard releasing their list of the best 500 pop songs ever. Yeah. Whitney Houston took the top spot with I Want to Dance with Somebody, Dancing Queen by ABBA, and My Girl by The Temptations rounded out the top three. Megan, you are a reporter for Canadian Affairs, but you don't limit yourself. You don't limit yourself to talking about politics and disability policy. You also love yourself some pop music. So, first and foremost, right off the top, Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. I find this to be a totally acceptable pop song to be number one. It might not be my personal favorite, but I think it, it ticks the boxes. Even just thinking about the song makes me want to start singing it, which is sort of my criteria for a pop song. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, I, I'm not the biggest, um, like, connoisseur of Whitney Houston's discography. This is not the song of hers that I thought would have... I, I, I This wasn't the one I probably would have picked. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's I, fine. I, would, I, will, um, I Will Always Love You, is that the one you were thinking? Yeah, maybe. Or I'm trying to remember the other one I was thinking of that I would have done. 
Um, anyway. Yeah, I was a little surprised, but I, I was okay with it. I was like, okay, fine. Like, we like Whitney. Like, you know. So here's here's so so I I've I've tried to go through the whole 500 but to a certain degree so Megan I. yeah but but to a certain degree when you're ranking 500 things like it almost doesn't really matter right like like what's the difference between oh I'm the 369th best pop song in the, of all time versus the 275th it's like who cares yeah it's also weird like I I took some notes as I was um reading them to see where certain things ranked in comparison to other songs, right? Um, so let's take the song You're So Vain, right? Carly Simon's song, classic, yeah. classic song. This is Taylor Swift dropping boyfriends before Taylor Swift was born. <laughs> like, this is the thing. That is 140 on the list, whereas a personal favorite of mine from my childhood, Hanson's Oombop, is 61. Yeah. You're like, that's just interesting. I don't yeah. know how to explain that. Yeah, like how do you distinguish sort of the 80 different spots that exist there, right? Or what makes I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys, you know, 55 spots better than Mbop, you know? Like there, the, the, yeah. there's not a lot to it that necessarily makes sense one of my observations as I went through, especially the top 100, once I kind of decided, Megan, that what, that 500 to 99 like didn't really matter, I really drilled into the top 100, a serious lack of country music. Now, I've confessed oh, yeah. to you before that I am a very recent convert to country music, but I can acknowledge the idea that really only Shania Twain's I Feel Like a Woman is one of like pretty much the only country songs in the whole top 100 strikes me as like a real lacking of diversity in genre. Yes, well, first of all, Dave, welcome. Welcome to the country music family. <laughs> we will take converts whenever and however we can get them. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting too, particularly because this is the Billboard Top 100, Billboard magazine based in America, I believe. Country music is the musical genre of the United States. It is, and there are cultural battles in America that are fought within the lyrics of country songs and competing songs on the charts. That has happened recently within this year. So in terms of like a cultural product, love it or hate it, it's actually really important to America. It's there. Um, Johnny Cash, he had one entrance on this list. The, the, whole, the, whole, the whole top 500. Yeah, whole top five. Only one Johnny Cash. He was the first country song, I think, to make it on there. Somebody can double check this. He was number 388. The <laughs> Ring of Fire was number 388. Yeah, you know, they, they had their methodology here in regards to what qualified, but there wasn't really a clear methodology on what made something rank higher than anything else. And it begs this question that you and I have had before, which is what is pop music anyway? Because the rules changed a little bit in the 1990s when it stopped being simply about record sales. There were some radio plays that became involved, and that's all of a sudden when you saw a lot of hip-hop songs and country music songs starting to make their way into the billboard charts more frequently, or at least getting themselves to the top of the charts. And that once again has been revolutionized inside the on-demand streaming area, era where now streaming counts towards the billboard charts as well, which I think is super relevant because it really puts it in the hands quite literally of the people. But Overall, this list does beg this question where there is hip-hop really well represented across the top 100, country not so much. It makes me ask this question of like, what is pop music 
anyway. Because mm. even like Elton John, for example, there's only one Elton John song, your song, in the top 100. And I'm like, yeah. Elton John has a really significant place in the history of pop music, and it doesn't appear to be represented on this list. Yeah, he had two songs in the whole list. I loved Billy Joel had zero. Wow. Uh, if you want to do wow. the whole Elton John, Billy Joel. I'm not wading into that debate. I'm just saying Elton John only had two songs and Billy Joel had zero. And I would have expected more Elton John as well. It's just all very, very confusing to me. And they, they do mention this. Uh, there's like this little preamble to the list where they talk about the definition of pop music is always changing. And they talk about how it just means whatever's popular. So that... It's hard to make that for the, a large group of people, right? Like I have friends who pretty much exclusively listen to classical music. Not mm-hmm. popular to me, but in their household, super popular. Yeah. Um, I am also like a child of the 90s, early 2000s, but I also grew up in um, conservative evangelical Christian um, environments where there is like contemporary Christian music. That is a, a genre of music. Mm-hmm. And like those songs are incredibly popular for those of us who grew up with them, like deeply ingrained into my soul. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to expect that on a Billboard Top 500, but what I'm saying is there's whole genres of specific types of music that are very popular to people, and they are very passionate about it, and it's like it's not yeah. necessarily always pop music although in some cases it is and well some of those bands did cross over like in the pop punk oh, yeah. world mxpx crossed over in the hard yes. rock world creed crossed over like they switch foot yeah switch foot yeah lots none the richer six pence none the richer kiss me is not on this list yeah so yeah so again omissions 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 all over the place and you also identified something there megan which is the difficulty to rank across eras and speaking mm-hmm. of eras this past weekend i saw the taylor swift eras tour concert movie and i thought who better to give this opportunity to than the ranking journalist in the now with dave brown family megan you can ask me anything you want to about the eras tour movie and my uh, newfound love of taylor swift Wow. Well, are you now in a love story with Taylor Swift? Speak I, now, Dave. You I, can tell us all your thoughts. I, Has it uh, kept you up at midnight? I, okay, the puns the puns are flowing there, and I love it. Well done. Uh, Megan, I actually do believe that uh, the way that I have sort of fallen for Taylor Swift in the last seven days means that one day she might have to write a song about me as if I were Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, this, this was oh, really? just an incredible show, and the one thing it reminded me is that just because I don't know a song by name doesn't mean I haven't heard it a million times. I went in thinking, I know like four or five songs, Turns out I know like half of her library of singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have told you that before you went. So I do have many questions. Number one, did you get a friendship bracelet? No, I did not get a friendship bracelet, but the two women sitting behind me changed bracelets with the two women sitting behind them. Okay, do you know what was on the bracelets? No, I did not. I did not. I I was like one of the only men in that room. I was trying to avert my gaze as much as possible so that I wouldn't make anybody feel uncomfortable. Understandable. Uh, Was any, were there any other men? Uh, There was one other man uh, who was wearing uh, glitter all over himself. Okay, I was going to ask if he was wearing a Travis Kelsey. (laughs) No, but I thought about that. Okay, okay. Um, Okay, so I'm actually really fascinated by this movie. Um, I kind of want to go, even though I haven't kept up with Taylor Swift as much uh, in the more recent years. I really was on top of her for her first three albums, actually. That was, it was like an event. Um, 
I heard from other reviews of it that sometimes they would cut the song, like you wouldn't get the full song. Is this true in some cases? There was some editing. Apparently the full era's tour, the show is about three and a half hours. The movie oh. clocked in a little closer to two and a half. So there was a little bit of editing. I found it particularly jarring during her performance of Bad Blood from the 1989 record, which is yeah. my personal favorite Taylor Swift song. But there was no Kendrick Lamar to rap the verses. So without Kendrick there to okay. rap, I understand why maybe you had to make some cuts but yes there were some edits made to uh, tighten some songs um most surprising song to you that made the cut for the movie so again i i because i wasn't so familiar with her work going into the movie i'm going to rearrange your question a little bit to okay. the song i did not know that i've been singing yes. along to for about five straight days now it's a song off evermore called champagne problems which is just oh. her and a piano and it made my uh, spine tingle when she performed it. It is a beautiful song. It's very uh, heart-wrenching. Very, very, very heart-wrenching. Um, we're not going to tell you what the story of that song is about, but it is sad. Woo! You were just like, wow, that happened, and now we're all sad. I think Evermore deserves some more love. As somebody who kind of got off the T-Swift uh, train for a while, um, ever, I really deeply appreciate Evermore. Uh, Coney Island is just a really beautiful song. Um, it's really great. Everyone should go listen to Evermore. Okay, look at this. Yes. Did you have a favorite era? Do you have a favorite era? I mean, is it really crappy if I just pick red because the songs are also darn catchy? No, you can like red. Because like that was obviously one of her huge, huge records and like one of her big yeah. like launching pad records. And yes. there was one song called Trouble that I didn't know uh, was off that record or that she oh, performed yeah. it at all. Uh, like, I didn't know that was her song. And the second I saw her doing that during the show and listening during the show, I was like, Oh, this song's super catchy, and I may have. Yeah, um, I didn't know you were trouble when you walked in. Mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I yeah, and I may have. And I may have uh, later that night closed all the blinds at my house and done my own little dance routine to it. Just FYI. Might have. Are there? Is there video evidence of that? New, new. Someone uh, might have dropped it like it was hot. Although at my age, it's more <laughs> that I place it down very gently. Okay, but drop it like it's hot, by the way, everyone. That is on the 500, the Billboard's top 500. <laughs> Snoop Dogg and my guy Pharrell. Megan, time for one more Taylor Swift question if you've got one. Oh, okay. Um, I just want to know, like, how, are you streaming her now? Like, are you consuming more Taylor Swift after you went to this movie? Yes, I have added a couple songs to my YouTube playlist, and I've added a couple songs to some Spotify playlists, including my liked songs list. And I actually am thinking that I might go see this movie again. That's how much I enjoyed it. Wow. Wow, that is that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. I, I just thought it was so well done and she was so great and so charming and the music was so good and I had such a fun time. And I love the idea, Megan, of doing major concert series and making them available at the end of the tour for people to access because there's a big difference between saving 20 to $30 to go see a show than spending $1,000 to go see a show. I, I, I know that it's different. It'll never replicate the in uh, arena or stadium experience. But I think in terms of like a cost accessibility point of view uh there's a big big difference in terms of the cash and i also love what she did structurally with the eras i wish more artists would do that with their tours when you've got five six seven eight nine albums let's break it down per album mm -hmm. in your performance mm -hmm. so if i'm going to take mm -hmm. a pee break and you're playing an album that i don't like or i don't know i can go to my pee break and not miss a song that i like 
Right. It's fair. And like sometimes I'll get excited if somebody starts playing a deep cut. I'm like, ooh, are you going to do more deep cuts from this time? Let me know. And then the next song is their current single. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Megan, thank you for indulging me this morning. I'm sorry about your glasses. Um, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, you and Taylor can write a song about the ballad of my boss. Glasses. Well, we'll do we'll do our best to work together. Uh, the, me and me and my girl Taylor, although Travis seems to have that thing worked out right now. Uh, Megan, have a great day. You too. That's Megan Gilmore, a reporter for Canadian Affairs. Coming up after the break, you'll find out what's coming up on Kelly and Rumia later today. And Elizabeth Moeller has a question about uh, social media companies and maybe some of their nefarious efforts to keep you perpetually online. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.